Welcome to the Kingsway Christian Fellowship Sermon Podcast. We are streaming live from Karam Downs in Melbourne, Australia. Kingsway Christian Fellowship is a non-denominational, Bible-believing, and preaching church. We believe the Bible is the inherent Word of God and preach it verse by verse. You can follow us at www.kingswaycf.com and follow our video sermons. Now, join us as we listen to the latest sermon preached by Pastor John Shipman. They in agony, in pain. They would come around and then they would break your legs. You see, the thing of the cross is when you hang there, you, you need to start push yourself up with your legs so that you can get breath into your lungs. It is cruciating. It is terrible. Cornelius knew this. This is how they punish the people. And then they would break the legs so that you can't push up anymore. And it brings death quicker. So maybe Cornelius knew about this Jew who they took and they put him on that shameful cross. And one of their own, and I think this really got to Cornelius, the news must have spread amongst the centurions. They, it must have, because there was an uproar amongst the Jews. And the soldiers were there to clamp them down, to keep them down. And the news must have spread about Jesus of Nazareth. The Galilean. And it must have come to his ears that one of their own pilot washed his hands and he said, innocent. So for the first time, for the first time, there was a man who went to that shameful cross who was innocent. Now I don't know about you, but even for me, in the days that I was a sinner, that would have touched my heart. And maybe that caught the heart of Cornelius. But here is the great news that he met that Jesus. He met him in his house. When Peter came around and he, he, he preached the gospel, he met Jesus Christ. Now I want to talk to you today one step further. You know, I've given you this interim you go. That doesn't make sense with what you've got there on the board, does it? I want to talk to you today about how to deal with criticism. How to deal with criticism. Because I've given you a wonderful picture, didn't I? Are you excited for Cornelius? Come on, church. Are you excited for him? Yes. Are you glad that you're going to see Cornelius in heaven? Yes. Are you going to look for him? Are you going to look for him and say, Hey, Cornelius, in our church, then way back in 2022, we were talking about you. Now tell me, Cornelius, how did you hear about Jesus? Because our pastor didn't know. He, he thinks he knew, but you tell us, Cornelius. I'm looking forward for that day. But there's something, you know, as we continue on, there's quite a really interesting part of the story of Cornelius. And I want to use this to talk to you about how to deal with criticism. Because it touches everybody in this room. At one stage in your life, you're going to do something and you're going to give it your all and you're going to be so proud about it, but somebody somewhere is going to come to you and they're going to criticize you. How do you react? That's my question. How do you react? This is now what's going to happen to Peter. I know how I'm going to react and I know how I've reacted before. Or maybe you, maybe you have got the shoes on your side. When somebody's doing something and they give you their all. And
And you're the one who criticizes them. I want you to understand how they feel. So without any further ado, let's go into Acts chapter 11, verse 1. The word of the Lord says, Now the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those who were of the circumcision contented with him, saying, You went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, You've heard this before, but let's read it. I was in the city of Joppa, praying, and in a trance I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheep, laid down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, this is Peter for you. For nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six men accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you the words by which you and all of your household shall be saved. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. amen. Come on, church. Let's give the Lord a hand to this place. Come on, we are. Hallelujah. You know what? I get so excited every time when I read those words because this was the prayer of Cornelius. Lord, save my soul. Save my family. And he got friends together and his relatives. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? I should have, I should have made the topic of this sermon who was I that I could withstand God? Who are you that you can withstand God? No man can withstand God. When they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. So I want to use that passage and talk to you about how to deal with criticism because Peter certainly was criticized was he and how did he deal with it what can we learn so that next time when somebody criticizes you how can you deal with that criticism 
Peter shows us a way here. First of all, criticism is the expression of disapproval of someone or something based on a perceived faults or mistakes. Dwell on that for a moment. Next time when you criticize somebody, think about this definition. I'm going to say it again to you. Criticism is the expression. It's an expression. Somebody even, when they change their faces, you can see they're not happy. Am I right? You can read it in their body language. You do something and you look up for the approval. And what do you see? You see an expression which you don't like. And what do you do? Immediately you pull into your into your cage. Close the door. But there's a better way of dealing with it. I'm going to show that to you today. It is an expression of disapproval. Do you want to see my disapproval face? I'm not going to show it. <laughs> but my children know it. We're all part of us. It is an expression of disapproval of someone or something based on a perceived fault or a mistake according to the person who criticized you. I like these words from Winston Churchill and he, he's taking it from Abraham Lincoln. You know who those two people are? Winston Churchill. He said, I do the very best I can. I mean to keep going. If the end brings me out all right, then what was said against me won't matter. If I'm wrong, ten angels swearing I was right won't make a difference. It's so true, isn't it? It's so true. These men knew about criticism. These two men. But I don't need Abraham Lincoln here. I don't need Winston Churchill in this building here today because you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you do things and you do it and you give it your best and what happens? You get criticized and you pull back. Now the question then is why do people criticize? Why do that? I said to you before, what is the definition? It is an expression of disapproval. Why do people do this? Why do they come to you when you give your utmost best and they criticize you? By the way, there's good positive criticism and there's bad criticism. In this particular case, I'm talking about the bad criticism. We're going to come to Peter. Why do they do that? Well, it is often, and it's not always, okay? I want to make this distinction. It's often a reaction of a feeling of loss of a personal value by the attitude or the behavior of someone around us. Think of this. Sometimes people who criticize you, they've lost something. They've lost something of personal value. For some it could be power, control over you. If people lose control, if they've controlled you your whole life, and all of a sudden you pull out from underneath that control, you know what's going to happen? Those people will criticize you because they feel that they've lost something valuable. They've lost control. So next time when somebody persecutes you for a negative way, think about this. What is bothering them? They, they've lost some, something value 
through the attitude or the behavior of someone around them. We end up criticizing that person to regain some of that value. You know, and, and it's the same with gossip as well. I say to people, you know, we've had over the years people come to us and they say, oh, these people gossip behind my back. You know what I say to them? I say to them, these people can't get up to your level. The only way that they can get to your level is to pull you down to their level. And this is why they talk bad about you. Remember that. It's the same with bad criticism. It's the same with bad criticism. So this is why people do this. Now what happens when we get criticized? You know what this is? This is a cloud of words. When they did a study about criticism, how does it make you feel? And maybe you can resonate with this, you know. Does it make you feel miserable? Come on. Is there somebody who can say, shake their head? When you get criticized, sometimes it make you feel miserable. Yeah. You know, I can tell you how I feel when I get criticized. It starts tapping into my feelings, my emotions. I feel sad. I feel disappointed. Sometimes I feel disappointed in myself for the reason I don't even know why. It's just because I didn't measure up. You know, despair. Does it bring anxiety? Of course it brings anxiety when somebody criticizes you. Why? Because you are becoming fearful. What is this going to mean for me tomorrow? After it brings depression, hopelessness, rejection. Look at all these words. Look at all these words. That's all that happens with criticism. Am I talking to real people here this morning? Yes. Has it happened to you? Yes. Has it certainly happened to me? I can tell you that. I've been criticized in my life and every single time when they criticize, the first thing you do is you look inside you and, and you go, are they right? Is this right? Is this so? And people cry. It breaks them down. It, it tears them apart. It's always not nice to be on the end of bad criticism. So now I want to take you back to Peter, to our passage this morning. How did Peter deal with criticism? Look at this now. You know, I just told you before about Cornelius and, and everybody, you know, I, I remember it vividly this morning when I said you're going to meet him in heaven and everybody was excited. Yes, I want to meet Cornelius and I want to find out how this happened. And Cornelius, it's so fantastic that you prayed for your children and for your wife and for your friends and your relatives. And hey Cornelius, it's so superly fantastic that you brought all of those people to your house to meet this man you've never met in your life. And he's going to bring you the words by which you're going to be saved. And then, and then Cornelius, we were sitting there in Calendales, man, and we got so excited about it when we saw that all of them are saved. Hey Cornelius, can you do me a favor? Can you introduce me to your relatives? Would you like that? Now that's how we reacted, but there's a group who didn't react like that. And here they are. He walks back. And, and you know, I would reckon all the way back to Syria, all the way to Jerusalem, how many men was within? Six. I can just imagine the conversation. I don't know about you, but I couldn't be silent, sitting there on my chariot or my donkey or my horse or walking and going, oh, it was so terrible to be there with Cornelius. Did you see how this put it for them? No, no, I think they had a spring in their step. Would you? Yeah. Excited. Walking in, now it says there, now the apostles and, and the brethren who were in Judea heard about this. And when Peter came to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contented with him. Wow. 
they fight with him. They say, hey buddy, you better come in here, we've got something to talk about. And they criticize him straight away. They say, and, and if you notice, there was nothing when they came to him and said, hey Peter, how great is it that those people got saved? Can you read that? No, the only thing they are worried about is what? You went into an uncircumcised home. And he ate with them. That's criticism for you. Now what could Peter do at this point in time? If Peter was me, oh, I've given my best shot. Wow, these brothers don't like me. They must think. This is always the conversation we have, isn't it? They must think. There's never that conversation, but we've got that conversation in our heads. They must think I'm backslidden. Hey Peter, you better, you better pull up your socks man, you better repent, you're back soon. You went in there with those uncircumcised, look at them, look at those uncircumcised. They don't cut their hair and they don't brush their teeth, they are, they are unclean, look at them. You went in with them, this is how it went. Don't follow the Bible romantically, it is really what happened. If it was me, John, you know what, I would go, I, I would go, excuse me guys. Hey, I'm Peter. Have you, do you understand who you're talking to here? Excuse me. Wasn't it I who was with Jesus when he said, You are the rock? Who do you think you are? That's how we react. Come on, be with me now. Don't put on your holy face this morning. That's how we are. You pick a fight with me, I'm going to give you peace of my mind. Amen. Am I talking to real people here this morning? That's how I would have reacted. And, and by the way, I would go one step further. No way. Those brothers, you are not on the side of the Lord. I am on the side of the Lord. Yes? Yes? Why? Oh, he worked through me. I was there. You were there. I, Peter was there. When I spoke, the Holy Spirit. Not when you guys speak. When I spoke, the Holy Spirit came over. And when I touch people, and when I do this. But let me tell you, brothers and sisters, that is happening in the church today. These guys came out and say, What did you do there? I would have been Peter and go, Ha! Ah. Hey, 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 John, James, come over here, James, John. Let's keep these guys out. Let's have a church split here. Yeah? Is that how you deal with criticism? Peter could have easily done that. Hey, excuse me, brothers. Who was on the Mount of Mount Figuration? Numero uno, me, Peter. Did he choose any one of you circumcised? By the way, Peter was also circumcised. But did he choose any one of you guys? No, no, he didn't do that. So we can learn from that. I reckon, I thank the Lord that my name is not Peter because I would have messed it up. You wouldn't have had it in your Bible today. That would have been end of Acts. John Shipman blew over. <laughs> Praise the Lord, it wasn't that. So what is the first thing that Peter did? That we can learn from the first thing that you come into and by the way you can apply this to your church life or to your life with your family at home or to your workplace the first thing brothers and sisters is to show humility show humility how do you deal with with criticism you show humility you respond calmly 
You stay calm. You don't take it personal. Put your emotions aside. Put them aside. I know it's difficult. I know the first thing you grab on is who do you think you are and you become anxious and all of that. Your breathing becomes short. Take a deep breath and show humility. You know, this is a powerful scripture, Proverbs 1, 15 verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the fools pour forth foolishness. Somebody should shout out, preach it. Come on. Because that's the word of God. A soft answer turns away wrath. I can tell you, I was in South Africa and, and uh, I was a young, you know, the Lord saved me. And, and I was waking up one morning, I was sleeping, didn't have a dream. But just before I woke up, a scripture verse came into my mind. I woke up with this verse. This verse. And I went and I prayed and I said, Lord, it's really interesting today. I woke up with this verse, Proverbs 15 verse 1. A soft answer turns away wrath. Woe and behold, I was still a teacher then. That day, that day, I came into a situation where I could have done the wrong thing. And then I remembered the word of God. And I gave a soft answer. But the Bible is full of examples. Let me give you two. We remember in, in Judges chapter 8, Gideon, with 300 of his men, went and he fought against the Midianites. And he slayed the Midianites. And I'm just for time's sake, because we had a long run into the sermon, okay? Just for time's sake, you can go and read this in Judges 8 verse, verse 1. The Ephraim people came to Gideon. And they came to him and they criticized him. He had the biggest victory he had with 300 men. He won a battle. And when he came out of that, these guys from Ephraim came to him and they said, Hey, Gideon, why didn't you call us to fight with you? One would think they would be happy about the victory, but no, they wanted to be seen, they wanted to have the accolade, so they had an agenda. Let it be known that people who criticize negatively has got an agenda. I showed it to you before. <coughs> so Gideon, again, he could have turned around and said, because I've got God on my side. I had a, a big army that God said, no, no, you need to get your numbers down. Because it's not about you, Gideon, it's about me. These Ephraimites came in and they wanted to be about them. And Gideon did not give them a harsh answer. He actually complimented them. He said to them, look at the spoils and look at what you can do beyond this. And what happened? There was unity in the camp. But let me tell you about a second situation here. A king by the name of Rehoboam. He was the son of Solomon and when he came into, into power, when, when the day died, what happened? He met with all of the people and they all came together. And he said to the people, what do you see? And the people said to him, be softer on us. Don't be as harsh as your dad. And he said to them, okay, it is a wise thing to do. He says to all of these people, the whole people were there. He says, go away for three days. And I will go and I will talk to people and I will come back to you with an answer. Because they were taxed. They had a lot of pressure on them as people. So what does this king do? He goes away and he goes to the elders. And he speaks to the elders and he says to the elders, what shall I say to the people? They want me to be more lenient towards them. And the elders said to him, they said, be lenient to them. Cut the taxes down. And they will serve you. 
You will be a great king to them and they will be a great people to you. I paraphrase, by the way. You can go and read it. And then he walked away from them. He said, I'm not going to listen to that. And then he went into the young people there who grew up with him. And he said to them, what do you say, shall I say to these people? And they say, hey, you need to go back to them and say, you think my father was tough on you? Watch me. My little pinky is going to be tougher than my whole father's done on you. You, you pay taxes, I'm going to double it. And I'm going to whip you. And I'm going to do this to you. And the people came back after three days and they stood before the king and he went up there and they they waiting with anticipation somehow like some people are waiting with anticipation of the the, the elections that's going on in Victoria <laughs> I'm not going there but here's this people waiting in anticipation the king comes up there and he says you asked me to be more lenient towards you but that's not gonna happen I'm going to tax you more. And, and you know, my father, you think was tough on you. My little pinky is going to be more tougher than my father. And he gave them a hard word. And these people turned away. And not even that. They said, we've got nothing even to do with David. And they said, each man to his tent. And the rebellion started. You see, brothers and sisters, the first thing that you deal when you come to criticism, you show humility. How did... How did Peter do it? First of all, in Acts chapter 11 verse 4, it says that Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning. He didn't blow his mind. Have you noticed? He didn't take it personal. He went back and he says, okay, brethren, I see where you are. I'm going to explain this to you. And with humility, he starts from the beginning. The second thing you do is you share evidence. You share facts. When somebody criticizes you, you give them the facts. You take feeling out of it. It's not, you know, uh, I went down there to Cornelius because I felt like it. Or I, I thought it was going to be a good thing to go down there to Caesarea. No, no. The thing is, he gave them facts. It wasn't even his opinion that counted. He didn't say, hey brothers, I felt like my opinion, my opinion that we need to go and preach to the Gentiles. In my opinion, it is good for a Jew to go in an uncircumcised house. He didn't say that. What did he do? He gave them facts. And he let the facts, the evidence lead to the conclusion. Look at verse 5 to 11. I'm just going to read you the first part. He says, I was in the city of Joppa praying and a trans uh, fell over me. I saw a vision, an object descending like a great sheet let come down from heaven. And then he continues on to tell them how this happened three times. He went into the fine detail with every single fact. He said to them, an angel appeared to Cornelius. He didn't leave that out. So when somebody criticizes you for something you've done, come with humility to them and give them the facts. Tell them exactly why you did what you did. The facts. And then thirdly, I love this. He used wisdom. Now when somebody criticizes you, pray for wisdom. You look at the whole situation and see what you have as your support. And then you bring witnesses. I love it. In, in the Jews, you see for the Jews, witnesses was a key thing. In Deuteronomy 19 verse 15, he says, One witness shall not rise against a man concerning any iniquity or a sin that he commits. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, the matter shall be established. 
And if somebody comes to me and says, hey, hey, pastor, this person in the church is doing that. I say, okay, yeah, where did you, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Who saw it with you? Because it can be a faction. It can be two people against each other. He said, she said. A witness is powerful in the court of law. Did you know that? If you see it with your eyes. And what did he do? These people criticized him. He came with humility. He didn't blast him off. Secondly, you know what he did? He came with evidence. He said, this is what happened. And now he brings witnesses with him. He says in verse 12, he says, then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me. And we entered the man's house. So what are you going to say now? Yes, all the witnesses. They saw exactly what happened. You know, that's one of the things that I said in ministry. And, and I'll be open with you. As a young man coming into ministry, I said, and it was taught for us, when a female come to you, when a lady or a sister, or to, for me, for, for, for witnessing, or to, or to talk, or for counseling, I never do it alone. Never. And I will never do it in this church alone. I will always bring my wife in or another sister in. And praise the Lord for that. Because brothers and sisters, you need to be careful what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy you. But if you've got a witness, and this is what Peter does, I love him. Are we learning something this morning? Yes. He's criticized. He could have blown his stuff. He could have gone over. He says, no, no, wait a minute. I'm going to come in humility. Brethren, I understand where you're coming from. I know how you feel because that is exactly how I felt. And he goes, this is the hard facts. This is the evidence. And now I'm going to bring you the witnesses. And then finally this morning, before we pray and eat, he responded with the authority of the Word of God. As a child of God, brothers and sisters, your most powerful weapon you've got is the Word of God. That's the most powerful you've got. He shifted the focus of their criticism from Him to God. From Him to God. I've had many times in my life, I've worked it out um, this morning is actually, since we started in New Zealand, it's 24 years that we've been in ministry now, pioneering three churches, which this is what I'm not saying to you to impress you at all, at all. The, the fact that I want to say is in this 24 years, I've had so many times people come to me and they, they go, and they mad at me. They going off and I say, I said, look, your problem is not with me, your problem is with God. Because if it's written there, then it's written. I can do nothing about it. If that says no, what does it say? No. no. Hello? If it says maybe, what do, we, what do we have? Then we pray about it and we have patience. If it says yes, go for it. Go with your life. I've had so many conversations, 24 years since we started in New Zealand. So many times people come to me and they, they've got this thing about baptism, about this and they, about the rapture, about this and I go, mate, you, that's all fine, I hear what you say, don't try to sway me, if you can sway God, if you can change the Bible, then I will believe you, sorry that was that, I've got to try to work with this thing, the other mic is just sitting there, but I've woken a few people up now. <laughs> Are we with the same thing here? Look at Peter now. 
It is not what I did, he said. See what God did. Verse 16. Then I remembered the what? The word of the Lord. That's what I remembered. He, he gave them humility. He gave them the evidence. He gave them the witnesses. And now he puts the seal on it. This is it. You can't get past this, brethren. He said to them, I remember the word of the Lord when Jesus himself said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We saw this with our very own eyes happening. If therefore God gave them the same gift when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand him? And by the way, who are you to withstand God? Who are you? Let me speak into your heart this morning. <coughs> Let me talk to you directly this morning. If God is working in your life over this last few weeks, this morning, whenever, who are you to withstand the Lord? You can't. You might as well give up now. Save yourself a lot of effort. Nobody can fight God. I had a man once in New Zealand, he was so mad at God. He said to me, I walk out onto the beach and I take my fist and I shove it up into heaven. And I, and I said to him, friend, I feel so sorry for you because you've already lost. The first round hasn't even ring. Ting, 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 you've already lost. Repeat. Fall on your knees and cry out to this God that he forgive you. So there we go. Now I love it. So you see these people who criticize, these guys came through, they were legalists. Have you noticed? They were legalists. The churches are full of legal people. They are legalists. They go, you can't go into those houses because they are uncircumcised. And now I see when the Lord works in the way that Peter dealt with this, when they heard these things, they became silent. Do you want to silence your criticizers? Do you want to silence them? Go to them with humility. State the facts to them. Whether they like it or not, these men, they, they didn't like it. They didn't like when he came to them and said, Hey, wait a minute, this is how it happened. But whose heart changed in the end? Peter's heart or their heart? Their heart changed. And it starts with humility. I want to show you something here this morning. Where is a strong young man? Come here, Josh. Come here. You know, when I speak sometimes with young people, because there's a lot of young people working for me, stand over here. Now just be careful, I've got a broken elbow, okay? Put your fist there. I want you to push. Push. See if you can push me over. Oh, elbow. That's my excuse, by the way. <laughs> what happens here? You see, we, we going in, we're locked. We're locked in here. We're going nowhere. I'm Peter, man. Who, who are you? you are, who are you to tell me I can't go into uncircumcised people's house? I'm Peter. I'm Peter. I'm Peter. And he's going, no, no, the law says we can't do this. And the law says we can't do this. And I'm Peter. I'm Peter. And the law says, I, can you see what's happening here? Now I want you to push now. Come on, push. Push. Peter goes, let me tell you. I'm not going to fight you. I'm just going to tell you. Just go back again. This is the rewind version. Push okay? <laughs> hard again? No, come on, come on. What does Peter say? Let me tell you in humility. You can keep on pushing if you want to. But I'm going to tell you something. Here is the facts. Here is the facts. 
and I've got witnesses. And by the way, buddy, if the Lord said I need to do it, who are you? Yeah. No, you should go now. Come on. <laughs> Thank you. Give him a good hand. Now I know I've taken this out because again, you know, access and transitional book. But I thought I'd use this to talk about one thing which, uh, which happens to us all with criticism. Next time when somebody criticizes you, just take a moment, think about the sermon, and think about the first thing humility. Don't fight. Don't fight. Say that over in your head and then go, have I got facts? And listen, if you are wrong, admit it. If you are wrong, if somebody comes to you and says, look, I want to just give you some criticism here, back. This is what you've done. And if you look at the facts, and the facts is not there, and the facts is against you, you know what you go. All you say is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. The most powerful words in a relationship. I am sorry, please forgive me. The most powerful words in a relationship. Husband, wife, I am sorry, please forgive me. Children, parents, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Oh, it is the most powerful words, but it's the most difficult words to say. Am I right? No, you don't have to say yes, I know I'm right. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We thank you, Lord. You are such a great God. Thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I want to pray this morning and say, Lord, help us. It is not nice to be criticized, Lord. But Father, hopefully somehow we can learn from Peter. We learned so many other lessons from Peter, Lord. But this is a good lesson to learn, Lord. Help us to be humble when we need to be humble. Father, help us to use your word when we need to use your word in wisdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Go with everybody today, and I thank you for that. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. On time. Amen.